This is the Secrets We Share podcast, a show about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the left and rights of mental health care in Australia. Here's your host, Francis Carlton. Welcome to Secrets We Share, brought to you by Secret Keeper Counselling, where we talk all things mental health with clients and clinicians. I'm Francis Carlton, and I'm the Secret Keeper. This is your usual obligatory trigger warning. We may talk about stuff that's sensitive. We may have some triggers in there. We may have some laughter, maybe some learning for you and for me and for, and for my guest today and some profanity. So make yourself a cup of tea, pull up a chair and relax as I speak to Graham today. And he shares a few of his little secrets of his life as a hypnotherapist, reflexologist and remedial masseur. Thank you, Graham. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to you, Francis. Yeah. Well, you've invited me into your space, which is very comfortable. It's very sort of like homely and very sort of, you've got that twinkling music in the background. But before we get into talking a little more about your practice, describe yourself for, for our guests in three words. Oh, I think I would be described as calm, and understanding and healing. That's why I ask people before. Yeah, I never, I never think of myself as those one-word things that people think of me as. But what do you think of yourself as? I think of myself just as healing and helping. You know, yeah. I, I just for ever since I was a young boy, I've sort of felt the need to help people mm. and get pleasure out of it. Mm. And how long have you been in this work that you're doing now? In this work, I, I'm late to this work. This is my midlife crisis or late life crisis. Um, but I've been doing this for professionally for probably five years now. Yes. And what were you? What What, what did you do before you were a healing hand? It'll be quicker to list what I haven't done. I think <laughs> I've done a little bit of a lot of things. Okay. Um, I've been product and market development for major companies. Yep. Um, I've been a mortgage broker. I've uh, right. been a kitchen and bathroom designer. And yeah, I think. Most of that has just been ploughing through life, paying a mortgage and putting kids through school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so there's, there's, you do what you need. Yeah, there's a, there's a theory of life stages and, you know, that we get to a point in our lives, usually somewhere in our 40s, where we have gone through that stage and we've sort of got to that point where we want to, we've done the mortgage, we've done the job, we've done the kids, we now want to have some meaning in our life. Exactly. And do you think that's what happened with you? Well, I think what got it to a point was um, a company I was working for went into receivership. Yep. Um, about the same time, had some marriage issues and, and the marriage fell apart. Um, lost the house, went for job interviews and eventually got told you're just too old. <laughs> Nobody will employ you. Yeah? Uh, and I thought, well, Now's the time for me to do what I've always wanted to do and get back into healing. I mean, mm. uh, um, so it gave me a brilliant opportunity mm. to then start learning. Mm. And I've been learning for the last six years on a continuous learning journey and I love it. Fantastic. And you had your own experience with hypnotherapy way back when. I what did. What was that? Uh, well, I actually decided to quit smoking with hypnotherapy. I tried everything else and nothing else worked. You know, the drops under the tongue, the patches, the, the, 
uh, tablets. Mm. I don't think you can mention brand names. But no. Oh, no, I'm not the ABC. No. That's right. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the ABC, but I'm not the ABC. You absolutely can mention brand names. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot of people try Shampex. Yes. And um, for many people that try it, they have such horrific side effects. Mm. Uh, and I've heard horrific stories of people having suicidal thoughts and and horrible nightmares and all that sort of thing. And I found the same sort of thing mm. when I was taking it. And I thought there's got to be a better way because nothing really worked. And cold turkey wasn't working for you either? Cold turkey's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> How many cigarettes were you smoking a day at the time when you decided to give up? I was smoking over a pack a day. Right. So you were uh, talking sort of 25 to 30. 25 to 30. Yeah. 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 And so that would be on a quiet day. Right. So that's not on a day when you're at the pub with your mates having a few beers? No, no, no. Although yeah. I never really got into doing that greatly. Yeah. But um, with the work I was doing, I was in the car a lot. And back in the day, you smoked in the car, yeah. you smoked in the home, you smoked everywhere, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I come from a family of smokers, so I, I get that. I'm the only non-smoker in my family. So. <laughs> oh, that would have been hell for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just kind of put up with it. And, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's one of those things, but I I do have a lot of empathy for people who, who are, who have been there because I've watched I watched my mum give up several, oh. several times, um, and she rolled her own as well. Yeah. So my whole family rolled their own, um, so that they had that that extra sort of level as well of that that habitual, eat your dinner, after dinner, sit down, roll a cigarette. In fact, I I um I remember being at university um or college the first time, and going to Amsterdam on a on a on a on a trip, mm. and all my friends trying to roll joints, yeah. and none of them could do it because they'd never rolled a they'd never so and I, and I was like oh for Christ's sake give me the papers and they, <laughs> because I I I was about eight when I started learning how to roll a cigarette because I would roll c- cigarettes for my mum when she was driving I was the same <laughs> I used to do it for my grandfather so. <laughs> And then I basically I, I rolled this I rolled this stogie and I sort of just went okay well you guys have fun I'm I'm going to go out and go and have some fun and I'm, that that's not it yeah, <laughs> but exactly. I rolled but I rolled I rolled it's so stupid when I think about it but yeah I was rolling at eight yeah yeah but yeah. what you were saying is absolutely correct most people have to make several attempts at quitting smoking before mm. it actually kicks in mm. um, and the unfortunate part is people think that because they've tried and failed once they can't do it. Mm. And in reality, it's like everything else in life. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. It's how many times you get up and try again. Mm. Yeah, that's what's going to to dictate whether you succeed or yeah. not. And use that use that that learning experience to inform the next one. Absolutely, you find out what doesn't work for you. So don't keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. So you had this experience with hypnotherapy where it actually helped you to give up smoking. Absolutely. And years later, you decided that this was what you wanted to do to help other people as well. Well, many years later. Yeah. Um, but in what I'm doing now, that first quitting smoking through hypnotherapy again taught me a valuable lesson. Mm. Um because I found out that although going to a group hypnotherapy session and quitting smoking and not smoking for three years was wonderful, Mm. but having just a one session is not permanent. Yes. It it only lasts for a period of time. Mm. And it also taught me that I can, so when I work with my clients, I can say to them, 
once you quit smoking, it's like being an alcoholic. Mm. Yeah, when you quit, there is no such thing as just one. Mm. You can't just have one because that's what happened to me. Yes. Went through a, you know, a rough patch, started going to a party once a week, having one cigarette a week. Before I knew it, I was back to more than a pack a day. So um, that's why with my practice and so many other practices uh, doing non-smoking, it's a program. Mm. So it's up to three sessions mm. because literally it does take 21 days for the mind to change the way it thinks about something. Well, they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. So it would have, by, by reason of that, it would take 21 days to break a habit Exactly, well. and that's what you're doing. You're changing a habit. Yes. Because, again, people come in and they tell me that I have a checklist for them. Do you have any of these um, symptoms? And everybody ticks addiction. Mm. I say, oh, yeah, what are you addicted to? Smoking? No, smoking's not an addiction. Right. We like to say to ourselves it's an addiction because it takes the onus off us. I can't help it. I'm addicted to that dirty, rotten drug. (laughs) But in reality, it takes 48 to 72 hours for the nicotine to leave your system. So it's not much of an addiction really. So the addiction addiction is just a very small part. The addiction to the nicotine is a very small part of the overall habit of smoking. And that's what it is. It's a dirty, rotten little habit. Interesting. But we don't say to ourselves, well, I've just got a dirty, rotten habit. It's, oh, I'm addicted. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to blame others sometimes. It is. Even yeah. if that others is a dirty little round white cylinder. Yeah. <laughs> full of nicotine. Full of, well, it's not actually full of nicotine. It's the, there's actually 5,000 different components of cigarette smoke. Yeah, let's not get into the composition of let's how to not, make a cigarette. Because it's so scary. It is, it is. <laughs> um, but, the, I mean, those are the those are the manufactured ones. Um, but, yeah, even the ones that you roll your own, they've, they've, it's not just pure there's tobacco. Fewer. Oh, yeah. that's right. Absolutely. So when, um, when you decided that you were going to make this change in your life and you decided that you were going to train as a, as a hypnotherapist, what was what was people's reactions when you said I've got to be a hypnotherapist? What did people think you were going to be doing? Well, I can put that in a nutshell when I give you the reaction of my oldest son, yep, who is a doctor of psychology. Oh, okay, and he thinks what <laughs> I do is voodoo. <laughs> he thinks what you do is voodoo. Absolutely, no. Basis even even fact. now, even years later, he sure. still he still thinks it's it, it's a bit yep. hokey. Absolutely. No right. basis in fact. It's not scientific. You know, it's, he doesn't believe in any of that stuff. He's a doctor of psychology. Doctor of psychology. And what he doesn't realise is that there wouldn't even be any psychology if it wasn't for hypnotherapy oh, <laughs> or tell, hypnosis. Tell me more. Well, hypnosis has been around for thousands of years. It, you know, pe- Again, people think it's just some newfangled stage hypnosis trick. The ancient- so somebody, so a lot of people have this impression that hypnosis is pulling somebody up on the stage and telling them to chuck, cluck, cluck, cluck. Yeah, like a it's entertainment. They think of it purely and simply yeah. as entertainment. Yeah. But the ancient Greeks had a form of hypnosis. They used to call them sleep temples. Right. Okay, and that's where people having problems would go into a sleep temple. They'd be given a sleeping draft, go to sleep. They'd be woken up through the night and escorted down this huge long corridor 
with holes in the ceiling and priests would be talking down solutions to what they had. They, they take on board this. While they're, whilst they're in that While mid, they're in that state. In that, in the, in that, in lovely, that, state. that, that lovely dreamy state that we, yep. that we sit in for sometimes before we wake up. Exactly. Oh, then they'd be led back to the bed, finish the sleep, wake up in the morning, oh, yeah, I know what to do now, and then go on with formulating their own solutions. What a wonderful, what a wonderful. Idea. So, I mean, that's, that's thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah. Um, even before that, shaman of tribes, that was their job to keep people mentally alert and refreshed and, you know, G them up before they went into battle and mm. all of that sort of thing. So working with the mind in that sort of aspect in a certain way has been around for thousands of years. So the work that you're doing with hypnosis then, I'm, I'm hearing complements that psychology and that counselling and the... It's a precursor. Mm. to all of that. Um, and I think the fact that it is still used today is a testament to how valid it is. Mm. And it's it's recognised as one of the few therapies, as one of the alternative therapies through um, uh, private health covers. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't like to think of what I do as alternative. Okay. Uh, I don't do yeah. any alternative therapies at all mm. because I don't preach do what I do, not what the mainstream does. To me, I am complementary and integrative. Yes. So okay. I complement and integrate with mainstream medicine. Yes. Because it's listed under alternative therapies though, isn't it? Because they don't have another listing for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. They, they don't have somewhere else to put it where you can say, well, you don't do this instead of that. You use this as well as that. And it's complementary. Complementary and integrative. It should yeah. integrate with modern mm. medicine. So I have um, I I have a client who has a hypnotherapist and she comes and sees me as a counsellor. Mm. And one of the things that I do um, with her is I obviously go quite uh, go, go I go quite deep with her and we talk about you know the background and all that sort of stuff. Do you do you also need to have that kind of information when you're working with a client? Not necessarily. And again, it, it's really up to the client. Um, but I find when I'm working with a client, I really don't want to keep the thing that they want to get away from in the forefront of their mind. Yeah. So unlike other therapies where every time you go and sit down with the with the counsellor or whoever, mm. they keep asking you, when did it first start? When did it happen? How did you feel? What, yeah. Mm. And of course, what that's doing is it's making you think about it all the time. So mm. how can you let that go? Mm. Um, some people, Not of course, need that. to release that because yeah. they haven't yeah. had an opportunity to release it with anyone else. So, of course, I never stop anybody from doing that. Mm. But in my practice, I don't need to because the way yeah. I practice hypnotherapy is content-free. Right. So we can't change what's happened in the past. So there's no point trying to keep it alive in our mind. Yeah. But what we can do is change the way we allow the feelings about what happened in our past to affect our current and future mm. situation moving okay, forward. Cool. So yeah. we, we, we work on that, working on changing the feelings. We can't change the content. Yes. So it's, it's learning to live with what's happened in a better way. No, not even necessarily. Oh, okay. it, it's learning to let it go. Right. To not, not have to live with it because right. for a lot of people, their past is like carrying around a rucksack full of rocks. Yep. 
Yeah, and every time something happens and they think of that, they put another rock in the in the rucksack and it just keeps holding them back and holding them back. Mm. Um, we need to get rid of that sensation mm. so that they really don't think about it one way or the other mm. so that they're free and light and, and looking forward to moving forward, not mm. feeling restrained and held back. It's, 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 a, it's a really interesting way of looking at it because I know that in a lot of the sort of like the psychology and the and the, the, the counselling methodologies, the way we look at it is that if we try to deny something, it's going to hang on. Absolutely. So it's really interesting that it's about it's about knowing that it's there but letting it go. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to deny anything. Yeah. I just don't need my client to constantly yeah. reiterate it for yeah. me. Yeah, that, that's they, good. They already yes. know it's there. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. So by them telling me it's not going to make it any different. Yeah. But we can work on a separate thing. And because I haven't got that association with that constant problem, yeah. we can then work on, well, let's change the way you feel about that. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, cool. So hypnotherapy was one of the methodologies and one of the one of the practices that you that you learned. You've also learned reflexology and remedial massage as well. So just just explain a little bit about how reflexology complements the work that you do and complements people's sort of mental health journey. Okay, well, realistically speaking, it's more along the lines that hypnotherapy complements reflexology. Reflexology was the first formal training I did when I decided to follow my own path. Um, So I did do a two-year diploma course in reflexology. Right. Um, That included a a certificate in, a cert four in uh, massage. Right. So at the end of the two years, just as we were about to um, to graduate, the teacher said, well, of course, you realise you're never going to make a living out of reflexology. Thanks for telling us now. You yeah. could have told us that two years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I did a master's in counselling and kind of had the same message towards yeah. the end as well. So, Interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank like, well, you so much. <laughs> you got your cash, now where's mine? Yes. <laughs> so um, I followed on from there and I did a diploma in remedial massage. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started. I, I opened clinics and and did that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so what's what's what is what is remedial massage versus massage? Okay. Well, there's so many different types of massage. Um, remedial massage is working on a specific soft tissue issue. Yeah. So it's remedying something. Right. Um, other types of massage you've got Swedish massage, which is basically a relaxation massage. Okay. Now, I firmly believe that relaxation is a valid therapy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, where I, so I many agree. places would say, oh, it's only relaxation, don't worry about it, it's got no value. Well, it has got a value. Um, and to me, a placebo has a value mm. if it works. Mm. If, yeah? it, if it gives the client what they're looking for and what they need at that Absolutely. moment, then it works. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's why I think that relaxation massage has, has a place. There's shihatsu massage. There's so many different types and styles, Hawaiian massage. Yeah. Uh, and all designed to do different things. But remedial massage is more about remedying a, an issue, a soft tissue issue. So many, many years ago, I I, I was gifted a massage um, when I left a job after I'd been working there for quite some time. And I went along and I I 
had the shoulders and thing and, and and you know I was there and he was really laying into me and going oh you're really tight really tight and then he 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 massaged my butt cheeks and told me that because they're our biggest muscle they hold a lot of our tension is that true it can be true okay i like to look at it more in the line of every muscle in our body interacts with other muscles in our yeah. body. Everything is connected. And often you can come in with pains in the shoulders that are caused by tight glutes. And right. And then the tightness in the glutes mean that the next muscles up into your lower back start to try to take away that tightness or, or protect us from that problem and it becomes like a domino effect all the way up to the weakest area right. that shows up as the area of greatest pain. Right. So often you can go to a massage therapist and say, I've got this horrible pain in my shoulders. They can spend an hour and a half massaging your shoulder. You feel great for 10, year, 10 minutes and then you walk out and they're back, it's back again because they've never found the cause of the, of the problem. They've only treated the symptom. Yes. So that's where remedial massage comes into it. You you work your way through the body systematically, yeah. find the cause of the issue and treat that, and that will repair all the issues to do with that. Right, okay. Problem. And how does the reflexology fit in with the massage? Reflexology to me is one of my most favourite modalities because it's holistic. Yeah. It treats the whole person, body, mind and spirit. Mm. Um, and it's all about bringing the whole person back into homeostasis, just that lovely centre balance, okay, where everything mm. is just working mm. optimally. Mm. And it's so easy and gentle mm. and I just absolutely love it. So I, I was always under the impression um, that reflexology was just done with the feet, but that's not true. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's okay. also the, the hands, the face and the ears. Um, auricular therapy. Right. And that is amazing because, again, it works on so many different levels, uh, from the physical to the spiritual to the emotional, yeah. works on all the endocrine system, uh, everything. It's, it yeah. really is true. So if people are experiencing mental health issues, how would reflexology and remedial massage and even hypnotherapy fit in with that? Well, with the manual therapy, so the remedial massage and, and the reflexology, what that does is takes so, away the stress. So when you say manual, you mean hands-on, hands on, touching, touching, touching. It's not just verbal, it's actually hands-on yes. touching. Yeah. Um, so that releases the stress. It improves circulation. Um, it really brings the body back into a state of operating more naturally where any form of stress and anxiety, it, it, you're in a constant state of fight or flight, mm. okay? Mm. And that's not good for any of our mm. organs or, or internal thinkings or even our, our mind works. Mm. Um, but it's fairly limited in that's about as far as, as the manual systems can go. Mm. Hypnotherapy, on the other hand, what the mind believes the body will do, mm. okay? And again, there's a lot of cliches around hypnotherapy, but they're all, they're all true, mm. you know? Give us an example of one of those cliches or two of those cliches. If you believe you can or believe you can't, either way you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah, or I can't yeah. do that. 
And yes. guess what? Yeah. Never be able to do it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah. The, so do the, you work with people with help, with problems with heights? Absolutely. Yeah. Also, and, and oh, I can't walk across such and such, or I can't go up this high. Or... I've worked with people that couldn't drive across a bridge. Right. And living in Sutherland Shire, that was a nightmare because the only way you can get in and out is through by a bridge somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, unless you go the really long way around. Well, there is no really long. You've got to go over a bridge to get out. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> So, so just ju- for just for our she, listeners, she was living. Yeah, just for just just for the listeners, uh, Southern Shire is uh, south of Sydney, um, and there is a there's a lot of water. <laughs> but I'm just trying to think. I'm pretty sure if I drive to Wollongong, I can get out and go round the long way to Sydney. You can, but not from where she was living. Oh right! Oh, so gotcha. from where she for was living, client. she had to go over a bridge to right. get down to Wollongong. Or yes, of course, yes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, from where we are right now, yes, you can, but not from sure. where she was. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's the real difficulty. I know that there's a there's a there's a there's a um, place in America that they have a a really really big bridge that goes over something, and it's a really high one, and it's like this massive great big arc of a bridge, and it get, it gets really high winds, and they actually have people that will. You can stop and you can hire them and they will drive across the bridge in your car with you because wow. they're confident enough to drive over the bridge. But that's but what you're talking about is actually so you don't have to bother hiring hiring somebody to just drive your car over a bridge. Exactly. Which would be which would be definitely a, an advantage. Yeah. Right. So anything like that. How many what, sessions did she take before she could drive over the bridge? Three sessions. It, has, it, it does take wow. 21 days and I like to work on one a week for 21 days. Yeah, wow. We do change, start the, the process of change after the first session. The following sessions are reinforcement, reinforcement. Yeah. And then the wow. final session is just rounding it off so that it becomes permanent and she can take that with her for the rest of her life. Right. How long ago was that? You, that was that probably three, four years ago. Have you any updates? She's fine. She, she hasn't come back, so she must be okay. <laughs> she came back for the second session. And she said, "I just drove over the Wallanora Bridge, which, if you know, it's huge. It's, it's, so, it's, it's so high. It is." And she yeah, said, well. "Didn't even worry me." Wow, so, it's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and even, I mean, down to the point where I'm starting to work more with IVF people. Right, okay. you know, supporting and and um, and preparing them for IVF because I've had success with that in the past. With that, that has been more of a linked therapy where I link reflexology and hypnotherapy together and do them concurrently. Mm. But um, is, I, that, is that to relieve the tensions around why they haven't been able to get pregnant? Not even the tensions, but the stress and, and the blockages to achieving pregnancy. I had a lady come to me. She was gifted a reflexology session by a friend and just in the conversation, she was telling me that she was on the final throw of the dice for IVF. She'd had mm. eight um, eight programs of, of harvesting and she was on her 10th session of implanting wow. and last time she could do it. And uh, I decided then, okay, well, I'll do the reflexology, but I'll also do hypnotherapy for her. She was This was on a Friday. She was going in on the Tuesday yeah. for the last session. So I did that for her. I had her come in again on Tuesday on her way to the session, did another session with her, and she contacted me sometime later. She was pregnant. And I've wow. just spoken to her again. She's now had a second baby. So 
And was the second baby through IVF as well? I didn't well, ask her sure. because wow. I was I was just talking to her briefly on the phone. She wow. referred her sister to come and see me. Yeah. But, wow. uh, and, and she was going to come in, but, of course, busy life, young mothers, you know, babies. Yeah, two babies. She hasn't had a chance to come in. But Phenomenal. just so amazing, you know. Yeah. And, again, it just reinforces that how much of our life is dictated by what we think, you know. Mm. Uh, and it's just a matter of releasing all those negative, I can't do it, I can't do it, or... Yeah, I've tried so many times, there must be something wrong with me. By being able to release that mm. and just open yourself up to possibilities, you can make create an amazing life for and yourself. That, and that huge I mean, I've had I've had many I've had many clients um who are on that journey that have come to me through the EAP. It's not my general area, but I do have seen quite a few people. Mm. And as you say, that just just the stress levels and the pressure of you know, we can only afford to do this once or twice. We, exactly. it, it needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's never going to happen. We're never going to have a baby, and that in its in itself is a very sort of you know, very stressful um, stressful thing. So usually with them, I work through sort of like meditations and but I've I'd never I'd never thought to to recommend them to go and do the hypnotherapy. Yeah, it's amazing. So thank you. I I always learn something when I when I do these interviews. (laughs) I love it so much and hopefully the listeners do as well. Yeah. No well I really love linking the two together because reflexology does totally relax you. It it centers you and then the hypnotherapy just it's easy to follow that in straight to the subconscious. Yeah. And and really affect change immediately. It's wonderful. I I'm I I don't know anyone that can do reflexology me, but I God I love a foot massage. Yeah. (laughs) Well it's not a foot a foot massage, go to a massage therapist. Reflexology yeah. is totally different. Oh yeah, no it is. I, I I did it when I when I was married many, many, you know, like in the um, Pliocene age. Um, <laughs> I um, I did a re- reflexology course with my husband. Okay, and we were told about how you know you know the energies and you know it was a, she she was very sort of like she was she was a very new age yeah. that that sort of that 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 stereotypical stereotype of you know like the flowing skirt and the tie dye and all that sort of stuff. She was very sort of she's like oh you know the energies and you have to give the energies out and all this sort of stuff <laughs> and. I I I I wanted him to learn because I wanted him to be able to do do it to me. And, of course, and he was asthmatic and all those sorts of things, and I wanted to be able to help help him. So I thought this is a really good way that we can do some stuff at home. Anyway, so we learned, and then we had to sort of swap and we had to practice. And I practiced on somebody else, and and energies, energies, energies. And I started trying to massage my husband's feet, and I felt physically sick. I had this wave of nausea come over me. Energies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wasn't guarding very well, obviously. <laughs> I managed to guard with the others, but anyway, I had to leave. And she came and followed me and she said, Oh, you know, have you have you have you, have you ever have you met this man? I said, my husband. <laughs> she was like, well, what's going on? I was like, oh, I feel physically sick. Yeah. Anyway, as it turns out, I left him three years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was just this really, I just I couldn't. I couldn't. Because there was something about it. So I never got a decent reflexology massage from him either. But, but so thing- so where so what is what is that? Like that's just me revealing like a huge thing. What what is what is that? What what what's going on there? When well you're- reflexology is again it's part of reflexology is an energy healing as well because you are dealing with spirituality and and um more than just the physical being. You're you're mm. dealing with the person on every single level of that person. Mm. 
And unless so there's you... all the all the nerve endings, all every part of your foot or your hand represents a part of your body. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And the hands are basically mirrors of the feet. Yeah. So if you look at the the hands together, the fingers represent the head. The fleshy part of the hand represents the lungs. The inside of the hand represents the spine mm. on each side. Uh, the the part in the palm of your hand, that's the internal organs. Right. Uh, so everywhere has a spot. Um, and it's worked on what they call reflexes. So as you press a spot in the hand or the foot, mm. some people who are attuned to that can actually feel that same thing happening in that part of the body. Mm. Other people can't. Mm. Uh, it, if the people can't, it doesn't mean that it's not working. It just means like they're not ticklish or, you know, it mm. doesn't mean you're not tickling them. It just means they're not ticklish. Horribly ticklish. But, <laughs> well, again, people tell me they're ticklish, but when we're doing reflexology, mm. they, it's a different sensation. It's not a tickly I think the, I think it's all about the intention too. 200% about the intention. Yeah. And everything I do, whether it's massage, whether it's reflexology or whether it's hypnotherapy or whether, even Reiki, it is all about the intention. Mm. So uh, mm. you can't go into this sort of work with the wrong intention, with bad intentions, because you're transferring that to clients, mm. and that's never. So, what going happens to work. for you when you're having a bad day? You learn how to cleanse yourself. You protect right. yourself. You wrap yourself in protective universal light colors and different yep. colors have different resonations um but that's again getting into the airy fairy sort of stuff but you you do what you need to do to protect yourself in your own mind you need to mm. protect your mind and your spirit from taking on other people's bad energy which is actually very much what we what counselors and psychologists and other people who work in mental health absolutely. have to do absolutely you know we 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 can't we can't take clients home with us Sometimes we can't help it, and I'm sure you have the same thing. But we we need to have that. We need to have a way of to be able to go. This is not ours. Yeah. And I can't allow it to sit with me. Exactly. So you need a way to firstly protect yourself and and put a barrier between you and the client before you start. Mm. And then at the end of the day, you need a way to cleanse yourself so that you're not taking those energies home, mm. whatever those energy may be, whether they're bad thoughts or mm. or just feelings or it's feeling really. Vomity. Yeah, exactly. And not knowing why. That's the main thing. People oh, I think I know this. now. I know why now. You don't. Yeah, of course. Hindsight's a wonderful oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the time I was devastated that I couldn't touch my husband's feet. <laughs> and now I'm done like, ooh, that makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, to me, yeah. that's another thing I love about reflexology. To me, working on somebody's feet is the most nurturing thing you can do for another human being. But it's such a, it's such a strange thing because people have, a lot of people have, such an aversion to feet. My sister, you can't touch her feet. Right. You know, just hates it. Right. And then, of course, you've got the other side of it where you've got the foot fetishists that love feet. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not quite in that realm. But. No, 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 I'm not saying that you are, but I'm sure there's people that have come to you and kind of actually quite enjoy it for other reasons, not just because it makes them feel good. Mm. But. I mean, I don't read anything into that. I no. don't. I don't need to know that. Well, it's a judgment-free zone. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't judge anybody. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no need judging anybody because it's yeah. got nothing to do with me, really. So I do a lot of sexual health, a lot of sexual health work, and I do a lot of work with BDSM, which is why I 
which is why I know a lot of I know a lot of foot fetishists. Right, send <laughs> so, them to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here to so please. It's it's, it's it's you know they they, they they love they love touching feet and they love having their feet touched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but it is it's such a it's such a it's such a sort of there doesn't seem to be a, a like a middle ground where it's kind of like yeah it's okay it's don't touch my feet or yeah it's okay to touch my feet. There's no there's no middle ground. Well, I think the it's okay to touch my feet is a middle ground. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm thinking more of the the extremes. Don't touch my feet or oh, touch my feet, touch my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere till you touch my feet. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I don't get either of those really. Sometimes I get people saying, oh, my feet are really sensitive or I'm particularly sure or whatever. And I say, well, let's try it. If it's too much to bear, then we won't do it. Yeah. Uh, then we can use the hands, we can use the face or we can use the ears. Do you? Do you get different? Do you get different results from doing reflexology on the feet versus the hands versus the head versus Definitely. the ears? Okay. The feet are the most direct pathway into the body, right? Um, purely and simply because the number of nerve endings in the feet. Yes. So it is a, a direct pathway to every part of the body. Um, the hands uh, are good, but you know they're normally worn. Worn. Yeah. Right. You, know, you use your hands for everything. Um, people get a lot more arthritis in their hands and calluses and tough skin. Right. Um, the ears are amazing. Right. Absolutely amazing. Um, and, again, there's different ways of dealing with the ears. You can use it manually, in which case you use basically dental tools with the little knobs on the end to find the very specific tiny little right. reflex points. Um or you can use electronic stimulation where wow. it's a battery-powered thing that when it comes across an area of stagnation or or, um, or spasm, it'll send a signal, an audio signal. Beep, right. And then you treat it. You press a button and stimulate it, electrically stimulate it till it releases. Right. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. So technology, right. again, it's technology. It's not... Yeah. It's not all two thousand year old stuff. I mean, yeah, we're we're. But it, but I mean, these are. I mean, these are all three of these things are are ancient. They've been around for thousands of years. Thousands and thousands of years. Well before psychology. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And as I said, yeah, you know, it's a testament to the fact that they work because they are still here. Mm. You know, if things don't work, they don't hang around for five thousand years. So your son, the doctor of psychology. Is very good at what he does. Is very good at what he does, but you're but you're very passionate about a very different area and a very complementary and working in tandem with what he's what he's doing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because again, he can poo poo it all he wants, but yeah, it works. Of course, hmm. he may well have some clients that would benefit more from seeing me than seeing him, hmm. because it's all down to the individual. I mean, hmm. I can't say that. Everyone I see is suited to what I do. Yeah. But I quickly make that determination. I, I always do a, a complimentary intake, mm. talk to people about what I do, how I do it. We do a test to see if they're susceptible to mm. to hypnosis. And if it's not going to work for them, I don't take them any further. I mean, there's no point. Mm. I can then refer them on to somebody else that may work better for them. Mm. Um but again, it's, it's the old principle. You know, you don't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. Mm. It, it's just never going to work. Mm. So if people come to me and there's really, in my mind, 
no chance that what I can offer them will be accepted and benefit for them. Mm. I'm not going to charge them for doing it. Yeah. So I'm 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 seeing, you know, I'm I'm sitting across from you and I'm seeing the the way you talk about this as being a real passion. Oh. Definitely. You, you, and you love you love what you do. I can see. I it. love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. I mean, this is the love of my life doing this and I I've, I've got no intention of stopping or slowing down. I love doing extra courses and learning new things and Mm. Yeah, it's just amazing. Mm. And the scope of what I do, I'm constantly amazed people come in and say, can you help me with this? And I think, I haven't heard of that before. Let's sit down and, and explore this. And mm. you know what? I can. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and the proof is that they benefit from it. You know, mm. They affect changes in their life and mm. it makes their life so much better. Mm. Wonderful. What wonderful. more can you ask for in a job? <laughs> I know, and I, it, it's funny. I've I've sort of recently started asking. I've asked, been recently starting asking this question for the clinicians that I've been in, that I've been talking to, and it, it's funny that you know when I when I ask the question about that, they they just light up. It's yeah. just it's just wonderful, um, you know, to have such a passion. And it's it's funny because you know quite a lot of people have asked, sort of like this is their second or third career. And they've actually really found what what's really really good for them now, yeah. and it just sits well. And I think when you have that passion for something, it absolutely shows through in the way you approach it, in the openness about it, in the you know the the fact that you're able to talk about it so freely. And you know when we when we were talking before this, you went, I said, oh, this takes between half an hour and forty five minutes. You were like. <gasps> That's so long, <laughs> and we've talked for forty minutes. Wow! So far, so wow, wow. that's amazing. Yeah, so it you know you can tell that that passion comes through. Yeah, um, I do want to thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, you're welcome. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask you my final question that I ask all my guests. Sure. What do you see as the mental health future in Australia? I see the mental health future of Australia as being controlled by big corporations. Right, and wow. I think becoming inextricably linked to medication, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I think it's going down the path of give them a pill and shut them up, yeah, mm. and then let them just be out of sight, out of mind. As long as they're not interrupting normal people, be happy. Yeah. Um, and I think that is really, really sad, mm. really sad. Um I think there should be places of refuge where people can go mm. to have respite, mm. to give themselves a chance to just stop and regroup in a safe place mm. uh, before going back out and tackling their everyday lives again. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast was because I noticed I noticed that with clients that were coming through. They were very much in the medical model of of mental health, and they all. A lot of people have this um, impression that the only path available to them is to go to a GP, get a mental health care plan, go and see a psychologist. Done. We're at, we're done in eight. We're done in six or ten sessions. And I think I really wanted, to, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so why I'm so pleased to have spoken to you today, is that to sort of let let people know that there is a there's many different ways that you can go here. It's not just it's about finding what is right for you and what works for you 
and what is going to give you the most relief. Absolutely. And I think what a lot of people don't realise too, especially about hypnosis, is that some health funds do approve hypnosis for refunds. Mm. So Mm. um, many of the properly trained hypnotherapists, and I mean properly trained members of professional associations, they have access to provider numbers. Off the top of your head, do you know of a couple that you work with that provide refunds for private health covers? Sure. Medibank Private Private, uh, is one of the big ones. Yep. Uh, But again, there's so many. And the thing is, they're changing all the time too. And it does depend on the client's level of cover. cover. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know that because counselling is only covered by psychology is covered for most by by most of them. Yeah, counselling is only covered by a few of them, and it's constantly changing. And constantly we change. we have professional associations that are sure. constantly working with these to kind of go, hey, we're valid as well. Yeah, as is my professional <laughs> yeah, association. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a that's that that that's really wonderful. But you know, maybe together we can work to make sure that we don't actually allow everybody to believe that the medical model is the only way to go. Absolutely. So let's get together and work on that as a group of professionals in different Mm. modalities that offer amazing healing to people in time of need. Do you think the people who use these services have also got a place to say, hey, this is what's going on for me and this is how I got help? Absolutely. But Mm. again, there's not enough people to come forward and do that, so they're not yeah. counted as votes. Yeah, yeah, so there's still that stigma attached to it all. Of course, of mm. course. Um, I mean, some people are happy to say, oh, gee, I quit smoking with hypnosis. We are fantastic. But not many people are happy to say, I was struggling with anxiety and stress and hypnosis helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are, as a nation, I think, again, very stoic, you know, very uh, tough. Mm. And we don't like to admit our our weaknesses mm. and our struggles, mm. uh, but I think we're we're slowly changing. Well, thank you so so much for you know sharing that with with us today, and you know just really being as passionate as you are, and you know <laughs> keep up the good fight. Yes, viva la fight! Thank <laughs> you so much for inviting me. Thank you. My guest today was Graham. He um, has shared with us today about the wonders of hypnotherapy, reflexology and remedial massage on our mental health. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening and rating and subscribing. It really does make a difference. And I'm hoping that there's going to be some wonderful bonus material um, from Graham as well. Maybe we can get him to uh, do a little bit of a demo for us. So until next time, stay well. Thank you for listening to Secrets We Share. If you're interested in sharing some of your secrets, please visit our website at secretkeepercounseling.com.au. Keep an ear out for our next episode soon.